Welcome, friends, to Game Master's Studio, where we talk shop about running tabletop role-playing games. With us today is Jared and Ed, with your host, Jerry. Hello, and welcome to Game Master's Studios, where we'll be talking tabletop role-playing games, tips and tricks that you can use to help bring your game at home up to the next level. Today's discussion, we're actually talking about different considerations for different age groups in gaming. So just some considerations to take in mind, both benefits and drawbacks of having a group that skews towards the older demographic and perhaps having a group that skews towards the younger demographic. So in the studio today, my name is Jerry, a.k.a. Frieden, host and moderator for the show. With me is Jared, a.k.a. DMF, proprietor of Mad Doc Designs, creator of the World of Wrath and semi-professional DM, and Ed. Thank you, good night. Ed, it's 12.30. Thank you, good evening. Afternoon, really. All right, so today we are talking about considerations for the age groups. This was actually prompted by a fan reaching out to us on Twitter, asking us to talk a little bit about some of the uh, issues and how to help with a game group that skews in the older, talking people in their 40s and above who maybe have never been involved in gaming, never had a chance, and what they can do to start getting into the hobby. And it sparked quite a bit of discussion with us just talking about different options. Um, We have covered bits and pieces of it and alluded to it in previous episodes, but we thought we'd come back and give it a good uh, thorough once over for some of the uh, different options. Um, The specific question was as I said, about finding a game group. And while we did do an episode, generically speaking, about forming a group, there's some different challenges that a group that skews towards the older demographic may face um, for finding people. I think there's still issues of the hobby being thought of as a little bit childish. Mm -hmm. Um, There's people who may be a little reluctant to share the fact that they played. And if you have a group of, I'm, I'm not, saying anything against accountants, but let's say you have a group of accountants who's never played, then you have the difficulty of not having anybody to help guide you through those games. What the hell do you have against accountants? I know way too many. I bet we have at least one fan who's an accountant. I bet he's offended right now. Or she. I know. Jerry. Frieden. Stop hitting me. All right. But. Defender of accountants. That's my. Anyway, um, so if you have a group of people... Ben Affleck was an accountant. That wasn't half bad. Yeah, and you can't hate him because he was special. (laughs) I can appreciate the fact that this will all get edited out in post. I hope Uh, not. So, a group of people who have never played uh, has that difficulty of not having somebody to guide them through. Uh Um, Usually, you you sit down at the table and the... If you've got a relatively new group, the most experienced person takes over the role of GM. If everybody's at zero, it's very difficult to kind of get that going, have somebody who knows what's going on. So I think there's going to be a lot of headaches and a lot of stumbling there. Um, And, you know, finding people that admit and step up and want to join, I think, could be difficult as well. Yeah, definitely. uh, You know, quote unquote, older groups. Um, If you haven't played uh, really ever then there's definitely going to be that obstacle of you've probably heard about it as that thing that other people do. And you might even have a negative uh, connotation towards that thought. Eh, Maybe not if you're interested in playing it, you know, but there, you know, there's certainly been 
numerous reasons why D&D was the thing normal people don't do. Some of those stereotypes are completely accurate, Some, but many of them are, you know, inaccurate. Either way, it's possible someone might have a bias against that. But you think of it as something you want to do. Maybe you uh, meet somebody new, either a friend or, uh, you know, a significant other or something, and they play or they have talked about playing, and it's something that's kind of interests you. So to find a group, um, you know, it really depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for a group of people who've, you know, never played but are interested in learning, that's probably going to be more challenging. Uh, you know, if you want people to kind of come up with you in learning the system, you know, maybe get one friend who you think would do it to kind of be your buddy while you're learning the game. But uh, really the best tool for putting a group together is either if you know someone who plays, talk to them about it. They may know some other people who want to put the game together. Or if you don't know anyone who plays, uh, you know, go to a gaming store, go to a, maybe even a bookstore. Yeah. You know, there's going to be resources either for, for people to get together. You know, bookstores will have all kinds of book clubs. I bet, you know, there's places where you can sign up for groups. You know, I know uh, uh, some of the gaming stores that I've been in usually have some sort of bulletin board for people looking for groups. You know, you can certainly find players that way and also the Internet. And you know, maybe just talking with your friends. I know. The group that we have uh, originally started up with a group of coworkers, um, and I mentioned that you know playing Dungeons and Dragons with a group, but it's an hour and a half drive away. We meet once a month. It gets canceled occasionally, so we go you know a couple months without playing. And I just felt like I just said I wanted a local group that was meeting on a regular basis that could play D and D. I'm just kind of venting and not really expecting anything to come from it. And there was another person there who said that, oh, yeah, you know, I, I would love to have a local group as well. I used to play. I haven't played in a while. I've got some stuff I want to run. Um, Jared chipped in and said he had room. He had space where he could do it. Um, and again, hadn't played in a while because um, we were working together at the time. And then, you know, it kind of snowballed from there. We got some other coworkers together and, you know, we sat down. We started doing it. A couple people dropped out immediately because, they never played. They wanted to give it a shot. Wasn't their thing. You know, we wound up getting more people in. And then, as we've said in the Gather the Group, once you have a group going, all of a sudden people start crawling out of the woodwork wanting to join. Oh, yeah. Because people don't want to start up a group, but everybody wants to join one. If you run it, they will join. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I mean, there's lots of resources out there. Like uh, you meant, Ed mentioned the internet, and uh, I was trying to see if I could find the link real quick before I uh, started talking, but I can't find it. So when I do find it later on, I will post it and then the uh, on the, the, the interwebs. But there's a specifically a website out there that's basically for like meeting people of like interests. Meetup.com? Meetup.com. That might actually be it. I remember it being a really simple that I should have remembered. I know, uh, I know yeah, that that yeah. is a popular one. Yeah. So meetup.com is most likely exactly what I was thinking of because it sounds, again, I remember it being a simple, uh, you know, URL. So meetup.com, you should be able to find, you know, players on there. Of course, there's other resources like there's virtual tabletop um, sources. So, uh, you know, which we've talked about in, you know, what a virtual tabletop is and some of the, you know, the options there in a previous episode. But you yeah, got like roll20.net roll 20 20 and d20pro.com. Uh, they're both virtual tabletops. Uh, Roll20.net is actually web-based, whereas D20Pro 
d20pro.com um, or d20pro is a, uh, a program, but they both have options of connecting via the internet to play pe- with people virtually. But they also both have a forum or like a, a player search or group search database. Mm-hmm. Um, so if those interest you, we do go into a bit more detail on that. And uh, that was episode 15, Tech at the Table. Yep. Um, so yeah, the, the roll 20.net, I believe is actually like, there's actually pretty much just like a, almost like a wanted ad pretty much thing that's going on. Like kind of like a personals, like you go through, like, this is the group we're looking for this player or we're looking for a DM, um, and the D 20 pro.com. They have a forum section. If you go into the forums, there is, you know, like searching for group, uh, section of the forum. So those are huge, um, tools that are available again uh you said it was meetup dot or meetup.com yeah, it might meetup. be meetup.org okay um yeah but so meetup dot something you'll correct us <laughs> yeah meetup.com most likely uh that's an i haven't used it uh, i've been meaning to just go on and check it out just so i know what it looks like uh and see how easy or intuitive it is to use you know if it's just one of those like you know hey i'm interested in D and seeing what pops up i did back in the day and you can you can sort by by zip code so you can actually get like local um, I think I still have one of my email addresses is still getting something from like 2002 when I was looking for a group. So, um, I've heard it mentioned by other people that play D and D on the internet, you know, that they've used that to find groups from, uh, for, especially for people that like to play all the time, but they like to mix it up with different groups and just meet new people and just kind of get, you know, get exposure that way. So that's a, a great way, you know, a great option or utility or tool. Yeah, once you um, get a little more comfortable, you can also, I'm sure find people in your general social circle who are interested, never had a chance mm-hmm. bring new people in. Um, that also includes, for older people, you have a much more likely chance of maybe something to do with a, with a significant other. Now, before we uh, um, really get into this, should we sort of clarify what we mean by older versus younger as we, yes. before we talk about it? Yes, we should, because we, we did kind of clarify that early on in our pre-show discussion. Um, so when we're looking at, when we say an older demographic, we mean people who are self-sufficient, uh, generally working a full-time job, taking care of themselves, um, probably or possibly have some sort of family, um, you know, it's not a specific age range, but right. in general, we're probably thinking what 35 plus ish is what I'm yeah. thinking. I you mean, know. The, the, the I mean, technically t- you could fall into this category by the definitions. We just gave it like 25, Yeah, yeah. but I'm Even thinking, I'm thinking yeah. like, yeah, I'm thinking like 30 to 35 yeah. plus I mean, the, the fan on Twitter that contacted us. They were talking about being in their forties. Yeah. I want to say they're around 40. Um, yeah. We're all kind of, mid to late thirties. Um, so we kind of understand this side of it as well. Um, and then when we say a younger demographic, uh, Dungeons and Dragons specifically has on the starter kit, because it took a little bit of research to find this, but it does say ages is 12 and up. Mm -hmm. Um, although you can theoretically go younger. So when we say a younger age group, we're talking people in the early teens. Um, they don't quite have the same autonomy and agency that somebody older on does. Um, so this kind of, I mean, there's kind of a gap there and maybe the early twenties that don't really fit into either. Um, but there's still some, some considerations here to look at. Yeah. I mean, I would still be willing to, to cram the early twenties, at least from like my personal experience into the younger group, just because they have a lot of the, the same things going for them. Like, you know, again, it can be true that you could be married and have kids, you know, like at 18 for, you know, like depending on your situation, but you know, for the average person, you know, even in your early twenties, you're typically quite, you know, free to do what you want. You probably still have a job of some sort. You might rent an apartment. You might have rent a house. 
Hell, you might own a house. You know, it depends on your your, your situation. But typically, you're not as bogged down with as many responsibilities because you're still kind of you know a young adult. Um, you know, you have a little bit more freedom. So you know, and again, so I kind of uh, associate. You know, I'd be willing to say up to like 25 ish. I would still associate in the same bracket. You know, 12 to 25 ish. You know, the 25 to 30, 35 is kind of like the middle, like where you could fall into either, depending on your situation. And then, you know, 35, you know, 30, 35 plus, you know, you're typically going to be in the quote unquote older category. So there's a couple of the the things that we had talked about for including in here for both benefits and drawbacks that we kind of hit in in the discussion there. Um, When we talked about how people in the older segment have may have a family, childcare is something that has to be dealt with. Um, you, yeah. as a parent, it's more important for you to make sure that your kid is taken care of than it is to go out and slay the dragon in a fantasy realm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Jared doesn't have any kids. Right. <laughs> um, but you know, you can but also if you don't slay the dragon. It could eat the kids. <laughs> you can also be aware and just incorporate and plan that in. Um, I know we've had certain game groups where it was we have a hard stop time because they have to go get the kid from the babysitter at, or from daycare at this time. Um, we've had at least one session where the babysitter canceled last minute. So the kid was hanging out and got to sit at the table in color while we're playing, watch TV in the other room, play, be around. Um, you know, we're doing a combination babysitting game. Just something that you need to keep in mind, be aware of. Yeah. Yeah, uh, in that sense, instance, you you either have to bring the kid or you have to have someone who can watch them. Uh, you know, I have a regular uh, game uh, Saturday nights. Uh, me and my roommate. My roommate has uh, uh, two little boys, uh, and I, I think it's funny because we usually wait until after they go to bed before we start playing. But you know, the second we're all ready to do things, you know, five minutes later, one of the kids comes down. They have some sort of question, something they need their dad to help them with. So it's just one of those things, you know, either. You're going to have to schedule around the people with the kids because they need to find people who can watch them or have to accept the fact that they might have to bring the kids along, you know, and even when, you know, the distractions happen, just just roll with it. I mean, probably a group of mostly older people will be a little bit more mature, a little more relaxed and be able to handle that. I would think, you know, you're probably still going to have the, you know the the one or two people who are mentally like what the hell is going on but no one's gonna say anything you know um but also you know having room for the for the kids room for the family is one of the benefits of the older is that you're generally finding a location that you have some extra space to work with um whether you make sure that you're getting a decent sized apartment or you own your own house or whatever it's with a a group of people in that the demographic tends to skew towards the older side. You have a much better chance of having a place to play, not having to rely on going to a game shop or a public, another public setting. You have a, a private individual's home who can host. And that is just a huge benefit. Yeah. Also, um, you know, the demographic that's more likely to have a kid is also the same demographic. That's more likely, like you said, to be more respectful of the situation anyways. Right. You know, the, the older group is going to be more understanding. Like you got kids, I got kids. Like I know how it is. You know what I mean? That's just the way life is. You know, mine might be older and self-sufficient. I left them at home, you know, and they're fine, you know, and, but you got an infinite, you know, at the table, whatever, you know, like I'd rather you have an infinite in your arms that sadly occasionally cries at the table, but at least that means you're here at the table. You know what I mean? Like if that's the, the price that we have to pay to have you at the table, 
then that's the price we have to pay. Because we all know we're never going to say, okay, choose the kid of the game because there's no question yeah, what there's the answer is no, going to be. Yeah, there's no choice. The game every time. Wait, what? Again, this is why Darren does not have children. Um, I kid, I kid. Um, but yeah, that t- that actually ties in with our, our next benefit on an older demographic is maturity. Yeah. Um, you have people who are respectful, orderly. You can keep things moving more than likely pace more than likely theoretically yeah, there's always going to okay. be your exceptions we're, yeah there's always going to be outliers again we're speaking in as a stereotypical Stereotypical general basis. broad terms um but it also means that you can address more mature topics yeah. um you can have things like murder um you can have a, a character go visit a brothel without the game degenerating into giggles um you don't and we talked about in ratings, you know, you may or may not want to detail the encounter how much, um, but it can happen. Yeah. And yeah. people aren't it can going be to touched on without its side, ta- you know, without, without its tangerine. The on yeah. The game. yeah, yeah, exactly. And even even as even as a player, you probably don't even you probably don't even want to get into it that much. You're just like, all right, my character would probably do this. He's going to go have a few drinks. He's going to go visit the brothel and he's going to get in, get a room and, and go to sleep. And that's the conversation about it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, I've I've said this example before, you know, and I, and I mentioned it during the the pre-show, but you know, like we, you know, in our one of our our last game that Jerry ran, we had an a player that you know was playing, you know, it was our sort of evil game that didn't need to be evil if you follow and follow, have followed along through all of our episodes. But anyway, so uh, we had a player, and he was like, okay, well, I'm gonna, you know, I just got paid, so I'm gonna go to the brothel. I'm gonna get pick up two chicks and go to my room. And it was one of those moments where like, and we moved on. And I remember, you know, consciously thinking in that moment, like, man, 20 years ago, the whole game would have tangented right here. Like there would have been a lot of giggles. There would have been a lot of unnecessary commenting on the situation, stupid questions and, you know, and yeah, and jokes. And we just moved on with our lives because we were, you know, because it was a table full of grown ass adults. You know what I mean? I'd actually even leveraged that encounter to give some extra information to the party that they had missed. Yeah. That he picked up his gossip while, you know, recovering. Yeah, and again, also too, you know, like not only was it a table full of adults, but like it was a mixed gender group too. Like we had a female at the table; nobody cared. You know what I mean? Like yeah. whatever, we moved on with our lives. So you know, and again, like even though it seemed like a really insignificant moment as an adult, it also was a very significant moment in that it was an insignificant moment. You know, because again, like back when I was playing as a kid, it would have been like yeah. the, the whole the, we would have lost the rest of the day. That's probably what would have happened. The rest of the we, we wouldn't have been able to finish that session. Well, you know, twenty or so minutes, I would think. Yeah, I mean, it depends. It depends on the age group. It depends on the, how many people there were at the table. There's a lot of variables, but like, I think we played for like another hour, hour and a half. That hour, hour and a half could have just been lost. You know what I mean? Like we could have ne- we might we might not have ever been able to recover. You know what I mean? Um, and also on on the topic of maturity, because you mentioned having the mixed gender group, uh, is actually coming down to transgender gaming. A male character, a male player playing a female character, or a female player playing a male character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something that takes a little bit of maturity to approach respectfully, um, and I feel like it's oh, yeah. much easier for an older group to do and accept and be fine with, and then it's going to have issues with keeping the focus with the younger group. Yeah, definitely. When I was, when I was younger uh, and our gaming group was getting formed, one of my friends was uh, about 10 years older than the rest of the group. You know, uh, and he, he was, he, he liked to game and he liked storytelling and whatnot, but for whatever reason, he liked to play mostly female characters, which, you know, fine, whatever. But where we were all, you know, younger 
teens, well, not young teens. We were in, we were in our late teens, but we were younger players. You know, a, a lot of the group, you know, would just make comments about it. You know, it would, it would essentially it would be distracting because the, our maturity level wasn't high enough to just say, all right, cool. Let's play it. Let's play a chick, whatever. And what's interesting is not only was it something that was chatted about with your group, like I wasn't playing with your group back then, but I knew right. you and I knew that group, you know, we, we knew each other from the game store. And while we yeah. had other groups where we played together, I was never a part of that group with that particular player. But I, I had heard the stories. I knew that this person yeah. always played females because it was a it was a thing, even though it wasn't a thing like I could yeah. care less. But it was a thing enough that people talked about it because we we're all a bunch of immature kids. Exactly. Yeah. You know? And, you know, you know, and back then I could sort of see why people would say, and you know, let me also clarify. It's not that he, he didn't do anything weird. You know, it's not like he's that weird guy who played chicks and did weird stuff. Yeah. Just his character was a female and that was it. That's basically where it ended. Yeah. Um, and. and and so, you know, at the time, you know, I guess I could see why, why some of the people were having a problem with it. I always feel like I was a little bit more mature. Like I didn't care, but others were saying things, but now, you know, older gamers, you know, I, I think one of the first, uh, games I played in one of my groups in Texas, um, that I wasn't running, we needed a cleric. And for some reason I, I, I decided I was going to play a female like acolyte essentially, and no one at the group, everyone was like, all right, cool. Sounds like a cool, cool character. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Uh, my fourth edition game had a wonderful one where one of the guys was playing a female paladin dragonborn. Oh, okay. So decked up in heavy armor and all that. And one of the running jokes in the game was, wait, Thorgrim's a she? <laughs> well, we've had a female player do the opposite where she was an undecided gender for the 90% of the game. Like it oh, yeah. started off where, you know, she had made this character and I'm like, just out of curiosity, because I can't remember the name that she gave, um, you know, the, the character, but I, I, I remember being ambiguous or her not being clarifying. And I'm like, are you, are you playing a guy or a girl? I'm like, well, she's undecided. Like, like, so she implied like biologically what gender she may or may not have been. But like, even in the game, like the, the character itself, it was undecided about their gender was okay. so it was one of those, like, it was a very interesting, I'd never had anyone play an undecided gender character before. You know what I mean? And it, it started off as like a little bit of a joke on her end, but then she ended up just like playing right into it. Like, you know, people came onto her character and she's like, Hey, I don't swing like that. Like, well, how do you swing? Well, I haven't, I haven't decided yet. I'm right. still figuring that out. Like she was at a transition point in her life where she was still trying to figure out who she was as a person. Um, and I thought it was just, it was very interesting. And like, and we were all very respectful of it every now and then we'd like, you know, if she was very playful about it as a player, but not like weird about it, you know what I mean? Like every now and then she just kind of make a joke like, Oh, ha ha ha. I'm undecided, but it never derailed the game, but it never derailed the game. No one ever got out of hand about it. No one was ever disrespectful about it. And everyone else, you know, again, if she played it, when she'd play it straight, we'd play it straight. When she'd giggle about it, we'd giggle about it, you know. And so definitely one of the benefits of having more mature players, yeah. you know, at the table. Absolutely. I just, I feel like that could have really derailed a lot of games, yeah. you know, especially, you know, earlier in life. Yeah. Um, so do you just have one or two points here left for the skewing to the older demographic. Um, one is the, the money situation. An older group is going to at least have have funds available, which, yes, you can game on a budget. Um, but when you are, have one copy of the rules to pass around, just a couple of mixed match dice isn't quite as fun as having, you know, maybe like 
you know, four or five copies of the rules when you have seven players at the table and everybody's got their own dice and you've got good detailed miniatures with some nice maps or even, you know, D20 Pro and using devices or any other tech to be able to actually run the game, it can enhance the system. You can obviously, you can do theater of the mind, you can do a diceless game, um, but being able to spring for some of those little side benefits are benefits. Yeah, uh, definitely more along the lines, the kids are going to have less money. Even if you're an old enough teen to have a job, you're probably saving for a car or something like that. So you don't want to necessarily spend your money on gaming books. You know, kids that aren't yeah, old enough to you have You might jobs. have one die set and that's like, that's all I need. So that's all yeah. I got. Yeah. Kids that aren't old enough to have jobs, you know, probably have to rely on their parents getting them for them. And, right. you know, for somebody, for somebody living on an allowance, the physical copies of the books may seem a little expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And de- depending on the parent, they might not be able to necessarily get the book. So one of their friends has to go get it, you know? So yeah, definitely older, more sta- uh, 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 older players who have had more time to sort of, you know, get their, get their stuff together. Essentially is what every yeah, you're going to see does. a lot more borrowing of books between yeah. friends. Like, you know, if there are six you know, friends at the table, two or three of them might have the book. So like, hey, man, can I borrow the player's handbook so I can level up my character and then I'll bring it back to you next time? Or can I use your book real quick now so you can level up your dude between, you know, sessions? And I, I joined a game group um, that was close to, a, in general, a decade younger than I was. And there was already five people in the group. And when I showed up as the sixth player, I brought the second set of rule books because only one of them had the books. And they were like, I want to play with my friends. And they're all like, yeah, cool. And then I brought in another set of like, wow, it's really handy having a spare book to pass around. Yeah. Um, And then the last one, which was kind of our transition uh, between older and younger, because they each face unique challenges on it is scheduling. Right. Scheduling is the bane of any gaming group. Yeah. You need to figure out when we're doing it, what time, where, how are we getting together? Um, and there's different complications with an older group. You know, again, theoretically, we're talking about people who are working full time, you know, supporting themselves, their family. They can't necessarily game Tuesday from 9 p.m. to 4 a.m. Right. Or they might be able to, you know, they may be working like third shift and that's their night off. But Or there might be multiple shifts, you know, uh, uh, you might have someone who works, you know, a nine to five job, but you might have other people who work nights, mm-hmm. you know. So finding that, that one or two days where everyone can get together, you know, might be a challenge. You might only be able to do it once a month or whatnot. One of my old game groups, we had a, a very unique response because we had, you know, a, a, a reporter, a cook a lawyer, uh, an ac- not an accountant. Um. You're back on the accountants? <laughs> back on the accountants again. But we, we had a, a variety of enough. professionals. <laughs> and what we wound up having to do was we met and gamed from 8 a.m. to between noon and 2 p.m. Sunday mornings because everybody was free. Yeah. And it was Sunday morning. And That was your church. <laughs> we, we we had grumbling of getting up early. We had some people that thought we were doing a Bible study group, which was hilarious because we were actually doing We were actually playing vampire as the sun was coming up. Sacrilegious. But it was the How time dare that you? worked. We, we found a time that worked for everybody and we worked it. Mm-hmm. And work your girl. You, you make that time. You fit it in. Now, if you've got the younger groups, you have a different challenge yeah. in that you may have people who are reliant on others for transportation. 
or they may have uh, scheduling abruptly get canceled because somebody else is deciding that they're doing something else on that given day. Um, You know, Ed was talking about you're going to you're going to your brother's soccer game with us on Thursday, which means they're not going to be available for D&D on Thursday. Right. Yeah. If you're if you're, you know, young enough that you're parents are still basically dictating your life, then you kind of have to cave into your parents um, when they say, hey, you're doing this, you know, definitely if you're a younger player and you're trying to schedule a game or, or even just a younger GM trying to trying to schedule a game, you want to make sure that every player is talking to their parents and is just saying, hey, we want to get together on this day. We, we have a thing we want to do. We want to hang out. You know, if they ask, you can say, well, it's D&D, you know. Um, make sure you're communicating that and tell them what nights it is, you know, occasionally just as it goes between parents and kids, the kid's still going to have to go do the thing the parent wants them to. But, you know, if you make, you know, if you guys are always getting together on say every Wednesday night after school, then more than likely, you know, parents are people too. Parents are going to realize, okay, this is the, this is the day they do their thing. You know, if this day doesn't work because we're trying to do things on this day, we'll tell them to eventually move it. But, yeah, that's- but and the kids also have the flexibility that an older group may not, where they can do Thursday this week, Monday next week, yeah. Wednesday and Friday the week after. Right. Again, uh, young enough. Uh, let's say uh, school uh, school age, not non college, but like middle school, high school, whatnot. You know, it's a pretty set schedule. You know when you're going to school, and you know when you're getting out. So, you know, if you guys can get together um, and you can do extra gaming on vacations. Yeah. Vacations, weekends, you know, you're going to have every weekend off so you can schedule around that. So that's beneficial. You just make, have to make sure, you know, you are planning it uh, so as to not interfere with any plans for the parents. And once you start doing it enough, they'll realize, OK, everyone's getting together to play this. College might be a little tricky because there's uh, there can be varying schedules. I had so much free time in college. If I went back, I would be doing so much more gaming. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hear that that there's more free time, but sometimes the specific class schedules. Yeah, classes can be all over the place. I I went to community college for a year, so I wasn't on a campus or anything. But I think it's one of those, like, typically, even though classes can be all over the place, there's still so much free time that you're going to have a lot of overlapping time. Yeah. That's my understanding. My college actually had set periods during the week where no classes were intentionally scheduled to allow for um, student activity groups to get together. I see. On a regular like basis. D&D so. the club. <laughs> <laughs> if I was back in college, I probably would set up some sort of role playing club. There wasn't. Yeah. When I was there, there's just there's a couple of games that I got involved with, but we didn't play nearly as much as we could have, should have, whatever. But retrospect what you gonna do yeah i mean i remember being in my early 20s and again you know because you know glumping myself into that the the younger crowd there like just the freedom of like i was working a full-time job but it was a set schedule job and you know i was hanging out with these people when we were playing exalted you know you know my the first edition exalted game that i played we probably only played for about a year but we were playing literally two to four times a week yeah. for hours a night like i would get out of work at 5 30 i'd be over there probably around you know between seven or you know, six or seven and we'd play till like two in the morning two to four times a week yeah i remember having a, a college game where we only met once a month but we'd play 8 a.m to midnight yeah. we'd do like almost full day sessions yeah i had uh, a group we met 
every Sunday, every Monday, and every like Wednesday, I think. And Sunday and Monday were the same game, and then Wednesday was a different game. And then I would schedule either Tuesday, Thursday, or Friday as many days as possible with my other gaming group. Because uh, the first group was, I was the youngest. I was 16. Everyone else was in like the 20s and 30s. Um, I, I met them at a gaming shop, a gaming, gaming shop. But the other group was all my peers and friends, all my other 16-ish year olds who wanted to play. So we were all playing that. And then I think there was even maybe one more group I had outside of that that played on the weekends. So definitely as an adult, that's a lot harder to do. You get involved with burnout. I've seen groups that are playing three, four times a week. And after a month or so, they're like, man, can we just take a week off? Well, that also has to do with, you know, not only scheduling, but like your endurance. Um, Actually, I'm just taking a look at the clock, what we've got going on here. I know we plan to kind of cover older and younger. Um, I'm thinking what we should do here is kind of cut it off or there's a few things that, because you you were talking to to the fan on Twitter that first brought up this subject and there's a few more things that you specifically said you wanted to address. And what we'll do is we'll come back next time on, on our next episode. We'll be talking a little bit more about youth and gaming and the benefits and drawbacks of having a group that skews towards the younger demographic. Um, just so we're not doing a lot talking about the older demographic and then jamming the younger, de- the younger into the last few minutes, you know, kind of give them their fair time in the spotlight. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, uh, so yeah. So what I wanted to kind of touch on was, cause again, well, this is to, to help out a, a fan on Twitter. Um, they had addressed that, you know, they're an, they're an older, uh, you know, they're a little bit, older getting into role-playing so no you know while this episode has been kind of geared towards the advantages and disadvantages and kind of pros and cons for the different age groups i wanted to kind of directly address you know a little bit more of of the the request of you know an older person getting into role-playing and not just the general advantages or disadvantages right so we we already kind of touched on you know the getting the group together so i'm not going to dwell on that but i just wanted to say you know for if you're an older person you know you know you're 30 35 plus and you know you're just getting into role-playing there's a lot of resources available today that there wasn't yeah. 10 plus you know years ago so oh, yeah definitely you yeah. know uh, yeah. I would say like the first thing I mean like you just love YouTube. YouTube yeah. has so much stuff on there because not only can you, I mean the first thing you want to do is read the player's handbook, but you get to go, you can go on YouTube and watch people play. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff on YouTube, definitely, and obviously this goes to people who don't have that gaming friend. Right, that gaming friend's going to help out big time. But if you don't have that, definitely check these things out. Yeah, yeah. If you don't have a resource in your life, you don't have someone that you can sit in on a game with, because that's what it used to be. Like you find someone you sit in on a game, you don't play, but you just sit, sit in the back and watch. Uh, we've had some people to you know ask us to, if they could sit in on some games but youtube you have you're basically welcomed into the home of a half a dozen different games we've had people specifically ask us if we would be willing to set up and record our regular games and then send them the recordings just so that they could watch us play yeah which is you know one of the things we're going to be uh, bringing you you know, for one of our new projects, we're going to be bringing you something along those lines. But we'll what, what? In- new project? What? <laughs> we'll uh, we'll be getting into that a little bit more later. Uh, also, there's some uh, more information about that on our Patreon page that Jerry will mention later, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, so I would say, like, the, again, the biggest resource you have available to you, other than reading the, the source books, would be just there's youtube 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 there's tons of forums out there too if you have specific questions and you don't mind reading through there's a lot of opinions on there so it can kind of get chunky depending on what you're looking for but i would just say like watch critical role watch uh acquisitions incorporated 
watch um uh harman quest you know there there are three you know those are three of the bigger names that i can think of that are out there there's also uh oh man there's another one i can't think of too Force Gray, yes, thank you. That's another one for uh, for Matt Mercer. That's a, um, thank you for that one. Yeah. There's also like Quad Quags Grog's Quest or something like that. I can't really think of it. Um, that one's a little bit more quirky. It's a British one. Um, but yeah, like those shows. And not only do you get to see you know how these people are running their games, but you get to see different DM styles. You get to see different groups. Yeah. Acquisitions Incorporated is run by Chris Perkins, who actually works for Dungeons and Dragons, and he you know he's running a four man group or a four person group because sometimes there's a female. Um, and they're a little bit more loosey goosey. Whereas you watch Matt Mercer, and you know he's like very you know like he does a lot. You know they're all voice actors. Every single person in that game, you know, for um, the critical role, anyways, is a voice actor, mm-hmm. including the dungeon master. So you know everyone's talking in character. There's a lot of role playing, you know, going on. Not talking as uh, you know, you're not saying my character does this. You're saying I do this. And then, you know, Force Gray is also run by Matt Mercer, but it's a different group of people. So there's a little bit of a different approach, you know, player-wise. And uh, then Harmon Quest is kind of its own little beast. Yep. You know, it's a very abbreviated, like, you know, it's because, again, they're, they're very episodic. The DM runs things a little bit differently than I've seen things. You know, the players are are, are very entertaining. So, I mean, it's again, it's, it's just kind of different take. So, I mean, just I would just love YouTube. And like you touched on, it shows a, sort of a different style. I think the typical style that most gamers uh, are aware of is the everyone has their own dice and rolls their own stuff. And Harmon Quest sort of brings back that sort of ideas. Well, there's only one set of dice at the table and the GM rolls it. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe you pass the one set around to everyone or maybe just the GM rolls. So, I mean, that's those are definitely a lot of different play styles and a lot of stuff you can find on the Internet to how to do and this. You can- and you can also uh, hop on sites like Reddit where you can communicate with other people who play. And so maybe you don't have a game gamer in your life as a fan or as a, or as a friend rather then maybe you can go online and say, Hey, I have some questions. Can anybody answer these? And yep. people, or you out. can always send us questions. We're always open to answering questions, you know, about, uh, about especially D if it's D and D specific, we're all for it. Most other games you can send it. If we don't know, we'll, we'll give you a resource that's, you know, that we know of to, to answer these questions. But, uh, we'll you know, do a little leg work. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, but you know, you can hit us up on our Facebook page or on our Twitter page. Uh, we, we love helping out, you know, anyone that's got a question, send it to us. Or if there's, a t- again, just like we're doing right now, if there's a topic you'd like us to to touch on, we can try to, you know, maybe do another episode on specific topics we haven't touched on before. But, you know, like there's resources out there. Um, and again, for the last part of the, the question that I'm going to kind of address before we wrap this up, if you're, you know, you're older and you're getting into role playing and you you don't already have access to like the you know resources like a friend that already plays and you don't have a dungeon master or a game master in your life i would say again we told you some options earlier for trying to connect with people or you can try to take on that role yourself your best bet is to try to connect with those people using some of the resources we mentioned earlier you know either either in your social group or using the internet to try to find a group but if you can find you know some people that are already in your life you know in your social network that are willing to come together and learn this game together find someone that already likes to write find someone that already likes to do storytelling and try to see if they might be willing to take on the role of the game master 
or who find whoever's the willing to put in the extra legwork. If you're all learning together, either the, the storyteller at the group is going to be, your, I would say, your natural choice or the person that's willing to put in the legwork to put in extra time watching these YouTube shows, reading these forums, doing some research on Reddit, listening to our, you know, every episode of our podcast, you know, because we got a lot of information out there in our podcast and there's other podcasts out there too. Oh, no, only our podcast. <laughs> That's the only one. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, so there's plenty of resources on not just playing the game, but running the game. So, I mean, it's it's there. This is the day and age to, to, to teach yourself. Basically. This is the age of information. Yeah. I heard that somewhere. Um, so we are going to wrap it up. We'll be coming back next time talking about you know the benefits and drawbacks of a, a younger gaming group. Um, but until that time, feel free to uh, view and support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Game Master Studio. Not only do we talk about what's going on, we talk a little bit about what's coming up and some of those projects that we have planned that we like to hint and allude at and pretty much tell you what they are without actually saying anything. Um, you can contact us on Twitter, GMS studios. Uh, we are on Facebook to like comment and subscribe. And we do have message boards that occasionally see use at gamemasterstudio.proboards.com. Um, we're there. We do like to hear your comments on the topics, topics you'd like to hear questions you may have or any other feedback or just stories that you want to share. We love hearing people talking about gaming. It's what we do and it's what we enjoy. So we're going to head out for now and we'll see you the next time we're back in the studio.